Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Random Red Shirt Podcast. I am one of the hosts, Zach, and the other host is Chris. What's up, buddy? Hello, Zach. Great to see you, my dear friend. Hello, everyone from around the world and the interwebs. We are so glad to be back, and um, this is great to be here with you to talk about what we love uh, and to be here in general. That's right. Yeah, we, we sure do, and uh, thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate it very much. Uh, we're just a couple of nerdy guys who love to talk about all things nerdy and geeky, Star Trek, Star Wars, everything in between. If you've been watching or listening to us, you've heard the spiel before, <laughs> you know. So you can go on Facebook and Instagram, check us out there, follow us for more updates and announcements and celebrity guest announcements and all that fun stuff. And if you're listening to us, there is a video version of this current episode you're listening to on YouTube. So be sure to go check out uh, our YouTube channel. Uh, just search the Random Red Shirt Podcast. It'll pop up. We've got, I think... 51 videos on there now but not not all of our videos are on youtube if you're watching us a lot of videos or a lot of episodes are audio only so you can also find us on your favorite podcast platform but we are here to talk about star trek enterprise season three and four finishing out our legacy star trek review uh as every season we've looked at a different star trek series legacy series uh starting with toss in the very first season of our podcast all the way now to season five of the podcast. And this is our season five finale, Chris. I, I can't believe it's our season five finale. And I can't believe we have over 50 episodes on the YouTube. That's like and we're, incredible. Yeah, yeah. And we're closing in on almost a hundred episodes total for our podcast, which is crazy. It is crazy. And it's gone by really fast. I and mean, we've had so much fun. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. When we first started this thing. I don't even know if we'd make five episodes. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> we just didn't know, right? We didn't know, you know, what we're really what we were doing or how long this would last or if anybody would even listen. And it's it's continuing to go. And we're having such a blast. So yeah. thank you all so much for the support and for watching and listening. Uh it's been awesome. And we we look forward to continuing to do a ton more episodes down the road. Yeah. So, absolutely. But Chris, you wanted mm -hmm. to share something that, that showed up at your house. So please share away. I, I did, I did. So I ordered this a while ago. Um, like I said, I think I I think it was still this year that I that I ordered it. It showed up last week. I had forgotten about it and I just opened the package today. Did not, you know, have a chance to open it last week. Um and as you know, as I was thinking about it, I was totally thinking about um you, Zach, and I thought, okay, this is gonna be great to share, this would be great to open up be great to, to take a look at was this um, back order or something and like you or you pre-ordered something that just pre, took a while a pre, to oh, pre-order pre it okay okay pre I was gonna say, well, it yeah. takes so long yeah and then it it shipped uh yeah shipped in november so let's uh let's mm. let's let's take a look i don't know if yeah. maybe you already are aware of it i don't know maybe i am i don't i'm, oh, I'm not sure i guess we'll find out here yeah For um, those of you listening chris is opening sorry. something yeah, sorry. This is this is great you audio. Uh, you yeah. want to see it? You want to see <laughs> it? Go, go to the video. Yeah. So this and it, I haven't opened yet, but it is the the Picard Legacy Collection. Oh, you know what? It's it's interesting you say this, Chris. I just yeah. saw this the other day on social media, and I yeah? I never heard about it until then. So I just found out about this not that long ago myself. Oh my gosh! Yeah, this says there's only this is limited to eleven thousand seven hundred fifty copies. Interesting. And it's yeah. a it's a set of is it a set of movies and shows? What is it? Yeah, it is it is every season of Star Trek Next Generation. Uh every Star Trek the Next Generation film. So it says Star Trek the Next Generation seasons one through seven, Star Trek oh, Picard, wow. seasons one through three, Star Trek Generation, Star Trek First Contact, Star Trek Nemesis, and Star Trek Insurrection. 
and then some one-of-a-kind collectibles the wisdom of picard the legacy collection edition magnetic captain picard badges <laughs> um four custom chateau picard drink coasters nice a custom deck of picard playing cards wow so you got is are, are they i'm assuming those are all blu-ray they are all yes I would imagine, right? I'm assuming they are all Blu-ray. Yeah. I would, yeah, I would assume so as well. If it's brand yeah. new, being made, it would be Blu-ray. But that's it does that's Blu-ray. Yeah, it does. Say did, did did you have Star Trek: The Next Generation or any of that stuff on DVD or Blu-ray already, or no? I, I did not have Next Generation on Blu-ray. Oh, no. interesting. Yeah. So I'm guessing with it being new, it's got to be well, it's Blu-ray. So that means it would be yeah. the the remastered version of TNG, which I have the remastered TNG on Blu-ray myself, but it's not yeah. in that set. It's in the it's the set that came out many moons ago on Blu-ray, but that's awesome then. Yeah. It's really awesome. Yeah, I was really happy to get this. I mean, you know that that Picard is my um that I love him as a captain. Yeah. Um, and I just think this this is great. This is great having him. You know, he's uh um you know, gosh, I mean, we have we have like heroes in our lives, right? Whether they're our relatives um or or people that we know. Um, but but also like heroes that have been crafted by by Star Trek and our and our great like our great media that we love these these archetypal heroes so it's just yeah it's great to have have these and um, yeah I'm totally very happy that I got this that's awesome dude congratulations wow. that's great yeah thank you so um for those of you that eleven thousand seven hundred fifty copies worldwide so if you're able to get it then people that are watching get it Zach if you want to get it of course you should do yeah. That. I might yeah. have to look. Well, I might have to look into that and see what what's up. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Yeah, yeah, cool. So. Yeah, well, well, that's awesome. I'm glad that that showed up, and uh, it's it's funny. You so you you pre-ordered it and then just kind of forgot about it. Is that what happened? Yeah, I pre-ordered it and forgot about it. So I, you know, pre-ordered it and then um, and then just like so many of us, right? So we've got so much that happens in our lives, so much that right. happens at work, um, and then there's a whole bunch of business travel. And then just so much in our mind, and then it shows up, and then I I just saw, I saw that box, and I was like, huh, what is that? I don't I don't remember. And then um then I had to go on another business trip, and then um my wife was like, what's that box? And then it clicked. I'm like, oh, I know what that is. So, so see, I think we I think we've um we've set an idea here, Chris. Yeah. If we order something or pre-order something far enough out. By the time yeah. it shows up, we might have forgotten about it. It's almost like getting a present to ourselves that we forgot about. You're like, oh, yeah. I just got myself a gift that I totally forgot about, and it's a huge surprise. Indeed. Indeed it is. Yeah. My wife doesn't think that's a good idea, but that's <laughs> not the point. That's <laughs> not, not the point. That's awesome, though. That's really cool. Now you have, now you have. I mean, other than watching it on you know, streaming yeah. on Paramount+, Plus, now you have an opportunity to go through and watch, watch the discs on Blu-ray, and that's wonderful. Yeah, and I'm really um, so so. Our next our next episode, I'll get a chance to read this. Um, it says the wisdom of Picard, the Legacy Collection Edition. So I don't know if that is a if that is a text like book, or if it is a video itself. So I'll take a look at it and uh, be happy to share that. Yeah, yeah. that'd be cool. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, let's jump into Star Trek Enterprise season. Um season uh three and four we've three and we four. looked at the first two seasons and kind of the show as a whole talked about the crew and some characters and recurring characters and so forth 
Um, but now we're going to season three and four. Unfortunately, as we've talked about before, and if you're watching this, you good chance you've seen Enterprise and know kind of the history of it. But these are the last two seasons of Enterprise because it only got four, which is really terrible. This show, um, Manny, when Manny Cotto took kind of the reins as the showrunner in season four, a lot of people mentioned that season four is the best season of Enterprise. Mm -hmm. And I have a hard time arguing against that. Uh, it, it It's really, really good. And that was kind of where I feel like season four is really where Enterprise had its legs underneath it and was beginning to take off. And I think we've talked about this before, right, Chris? When we looked at the other legacy Star Trek series, maybe not so much Toss, because Toss only had three seasons and it was canceled and everything. But Enterprise, DS9, and Voyager, all three of those shows really seemed like middle, late season three into season four was really when they had their feet underneath them and they started to really take off. Yeah, I agree. Because then you've had a couple of seasons of the of the actors and the writers working together, kind of understanding um, the groove where it's going to go, some character development, and then a, the ability for them to get comfortable comfortable with each other um and then you just some, get some great stories and you get some great interaction with the with the crew and it def, definitely moves you know moves forward um quickly and at a in a great pace and with um with good intensity and, and great stories yeah and the characters have you know the characters are established you have mm -hmm. recurring characters that are established uh relationships are sort of established and then they're beginning to develop and 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 grow character development is is continuing those types of things so let's look first at season three the first couple seasons of enterprise right i, I actually i don't know about you chris but i thought the first two seasons of enterprise were really good you know you can look at some of the other other legacy series and say well you know the first two seasons are kind of so so they're a wash but i really thought the first two seasons of enterprise were, were pretty fantastic they were fantastic and you know and one of the really important things about the first season even the first season of enterprise is it, is it is it sets up this tone where like okay humanity is going out and into doing exploration of the stars there's all this ambition of humanity they are not prepared for what um for what they expect and and you see that but also they're they're dealing with this they're dealing with their relationship with vulcan and and in the first scene of season of enterprise you realize that um yes uh, vulcan is helping 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 them the vulcans are helping them but it's almost like this very it, well it is it is this sense of yeah the there's a condescending attitude from the vulcans to the humans and you see they're they're trying to get through that right and you kind of this is you you see that very heavily in in, in season one um and i think that's a great thing about enterprise because you know, despite that, you've got all of this great ambition from from Earth and, and humankind to want to go explore. And that's something that is in contrast, because although um, Vulcans are, you know, I mean, they're great, they're logical, they've got so much technology and advancement, and they're, they're uh, they've got this great handle on science, humans have so much ambition. And so there's this great kind of contrast, right? Um, yeah, yeah. So much ambition to get us in trouble, but but still, you, <laughs> you need ambition to to keep moving forward. Yeah, well, and humans are emotionally driven too, right? Yeah. I mean, the, the the idea when 
this idea that humans want to go out and see things for themselves. They don't want to just hear about it from the Vulcans or whatever. They want to go out and experience themselves. That that idea of emotion and that that feeling of being an explorer or being the first human to go here or go there. All of that. I mean, it's that it's that drive to uh, to explore and succeed and do well and being the being the first of something is also important to to, to Vulcan that that kind of gets into the idea of ego and and those those um, those you know newfangled human emotions they don't care for even though we know very well from legacy star trek that Vulcans while are for the most part emotionless there's more than their fair share of incidents where Vulcans have expressed emotion, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so we see that quite a bit. Um, but yeah, so the first two seasons, I thought were were, were very good. Uh, I think those first two seasons, and, and you kind of hit on this, Chris, is really about humans proving themselves to the yeah. Vulcans that, hey, we can do this, right? And we saw this, and we talked about this in part one. If you want to go back and watch our part one review of Enterprise, just scroll back into previous episodes. I think it was, I don't know how many episodes ago now in season five, but it was a little while back. We've done some various other things and and interviews and so forth. But go back uh, either on our YouTube channel or on your podcast platform and find it, uh, Enterprise Review Part 1. And in that, we talked about this idea where the Vulcans didn't think humans could do it. There was this push for humans to go. They wanted to go out and do it themselves and prove the Vulcans wrong and prove themselves right. That and I love this phrase that you use, Chris. I, I remember you saying something to the effect of like they were ready but not prepared. Yeah, which I thought was 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 good. They thought they might have been prepared. They thought they were ready, and and they probably were ready, but maybe not fully prepared. And we saw that in a few different episodes, especially in season one, right? where they go out, they run into some, you know, major issues. And then it's like, okay, we got to turn around and go back, or we, maybe we, maybe we need to go back. And there's a little bit of doubt that begins to creep into their minds during these first couple of seasons. Yeah, it is. Um, And th- you made me think about this. Like, so the, the opening credits of, of enterprise has this beautiful montage of different explorers uh, on earth, right? From, from exploration of the seas to um, the first space exploration, and this just it, it evokes such uh, such memories of history. Like you've got you've got the exploration for Antarctica and Shackleton, and and then of the Apollo series, and all of these kind of great ambitious exploration journeys, and all of them had so many failures like along the way. Yeah. Just like just like just like Enterprise did, but it's just this. Uh, uh, I think it's beautiful because it's just this beautiful trait of like of like humanity and having um, the ambition to explore and to to seek out the unknown. Yeah. Before I forget, yeah. we didn't mention this at the beginning, so my fault. But as of the time of this recording, the strike is over, ah, which yes. is great. So we're we're very happy and pleased to hear that. You know, the friends we've made along the way in the Writers Guild. In the Actors Guild, um, we're very happy that the strike is over. People can get back to work. We're looking forward to having folks on with us uh, that now can talk about their work. And we've got a wonderful lineup of people coming down the pipeline uh, for you. So please stay tuned for that for announcements. Again, you got to follow us on Facebook and Instagram <laughs> yeah. to get those announcements. So make sure you go do that so that you can be ready 
and receive those announcements when the time comes. And we will, as soon as we're able to announce each of those, we absolutely will. Um, but we're, but first and foremost, we're glad everybody's able to get back to work and and do what they love doing so much. So, absolutely. Um, but absolutely. yeah, that being said, um, I I I loved the first two seasons of Enterprise. I thought you could argue the first two seasons of Enterprise are better than the first two seasons of the other Legacy series. That might be somewhat controversial, mm-hmm. but um, I'm curious though, Chris. You you brought up this uh, this montage at the beginning. Yeah. And the theme song of Enterprise, <laughs> which I think we might have briefly touched on in our part yeah. one review, but uh, you know this Faith of the Heart song, um, it's it's kind of one of those either you love it or you hate it. And I'm yeah. curious uh, what camp you're in on the song. And I, I, again, I don't remember if we covered this on part one, but uh, what what do you think of of the song? Is it because this is the only song in Star Trek where there's words? Yeah. You know, every rest is all you know instrumental. So where where are you at on the uh, the Enterprise theme song? Oh, I loved it. Yeah, I'm in that camp where I I really enjoyed it. Right, it was, it was uh, a, um, disconcerting at first because it's kind of like you know you go go into it, and it feels like this doesn't feel like Star Trek, right? Right, it just doesn't feel it feels right. Way off, right? Yeah, it feels way off. But um, uh, but I think I loved it because you know. So the the other the other Star Trek legacy shows, well, even now the other Star Trek shows. And legacy shows was um i mean these these beautiful either these beautiful flybys of of the ship or the station with this with these just incredible beautiful like orchestral music that would like evoke such great emotion okay but but enterprise was like ne- but enterprise was like this montage kind of music video right with faith of the heart and the part that always okay i love this part that's like you've got um, there's this scene where you see one of the Apollo astronauts, and he he does this look. He just does, does this glance, um, and it's a close up of his face. And every time I see that, I'm I'm just I just get I just get chills because um, you know I just love that part. And I get I'm like wow um, to to see that to see that um, Apollo astronaut and you know all all of that. Um, the experience the knowledge and the courage that not only he had to 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 have at that point to move forward but all of us like as as a as a species of humans had to bring bring forward and, and to move into that moment so i gotta i gotta say i, I loved it It was just a great a great mu- music video for me um yeah i'm in that camp i really like it but i, I think you i think you have a different opinion right yeah. No, no, I, I, I mean, I, I don't know if I love it, but I, yeah. I'm in the camp of liking it. Yeah, I think, um, I think it fits, and I, I think it fits the show, right? Mm-hmm. Because you have this idea where it's Star Trek, but it's, it's, this show is closer to us in time in the timeline than any of the other Star Trek series. The other Star Trek series are way, way in the future, right? Hundreds and hundreds of years, and this is, you know, hundred and thirty, hundred and twenty some years ish, you know without doing public math here and embarrassing <laughs> myself, you know, it's, it's, it's close enough where you kind of feel like, okay, yeah, I can buy that. I I can, I can relate to that. You know, they still talk about things like different States in the United States, like Florida, where trip is from. Yeah. Yeah. Um, true. Water polo, which is, you know, uh, Archer's favorite sport. He's got a beagle on board. He's got a dog, right? So that's a, that's a human animal. Um, there's things that are so relatable for us in today's time period. Right that I think it makes it that much easier to relate. So therefore 
you think, okay, well, they're they're not so far enough in the future where they actually listen to music kind of similar to what we might listen to nowadays versus in next gen, which is 300 and some years in the future, they're all they listen to is like Mozart and, you know, classical stuff. You don't hear them listening to rock and roll or country music or, you know, what fill in the blank type of music, right? So it makes it more relatable to me. And I think that that's that's probably the reason why I like it. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Let's start with season three. So we've gone through the first two seasons. We know humanity is getting its feet under its under itself, getting its legs, getting out and exploring, proving the Vulcans wrong, proving themselves right. When we get into this third season, now in, in the first two seasons, there was definitely conflict, right? The very first episode, we get a Klingon on Earth, right? Humans did had not had first contact with Klingons up till that moment. Yeah. So they weren't aware of them really. I mean, the, the the Vulcans were, but the Vulcans were aware of a lot of things that humans weren't, that they just didn't share with. We get into this third season. And in bef- prior to season three, we also know there was the first Zindi attack on Earth, right? And in that attack, I believe, is when Trip's sister's killed. Yeah. Right? Because that that weapon cuts right into the Earth and goes right through Florida, I believe. Um, and because of that, um, I believe she's killed in the attack. Correct me if I'm wrong yeah. on there. No, Chris, I think, but... I think you're, you're right. Yeah. You're right. She's killed in that attack. Yeah. yeah. And so season three now kind of shifts focus back to the mission that the enterprise, the NX-01 enterprise has to try and prevent another Zindi attack from happening on earth. Um, you have to think, right? I mean, we're not at the point in human history like we are in TNG and DS9 and Voyager, where Earth has become this paradise where there's no murders, there's no crime. It's just this perfect haven of happiness, which we all know this Earth's far from, uh, right? <laughs> yeah. But but we're not there yet. So the idea that the Earth has had this attack doesn't conflict with that idea. Um, and And unlike season two and season one of Enterprise, season three begins to kind of become a little serialized right where we're starting to get some building off of previous episodes um which i think is which i think is great because now you're you're influxing some of that idea that ds9 brought in which is this idea of building off episodes creating kind of a continual story arc into it and we're also getting more character development from archer and trip and to paul and they have some very considerable character development actually in season three so um with that being said yeah. chris Let's let's talk about some episodes that stood out to us in season three, and then we'll move to season four. Um, so, what what are some episodes that you can think of and remember? Uh, you know, I, I know you you've watched actually Enterprise season three and four more recent than I have. I'm going to go back through it, but I'm only on season one. So, tell me some things. Tell me some episodes that stood out to you in season three. Uh, well, you know, I like ethics and I like ethical questions. So there was. When I think about season three, there was a really good episode directed by LeVar Burton um, entitled Similitude. And and this is it's been a while since I've, I've watched it. But this is one where, if I remember correctly, Trip is injured. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't remember what causes the in- injury, but it is a it is a serious, serious like uh, life and death injury. Um, but the only way to save him is to. Doc, at least what Dr. Flox comes up with is to clone a copy of Trip essentially so that they can get um, be able to transplant some some um, really, really important organs. 
but from i mean from from that you you get this because the clone essentially is a becomes like a functioning like other version of trip right and and i don't remember if he if he decides to have like a different different name um but essentially it's a it's another version of trip and i know yeah. that, that this version of trip has some really important scenes with T'Pol too and so there's some um, developing uh, character relationship with T'Pol. I, I want to say that T'Pol and, and the clone um, they they kiss and they're intimate in, in, in that particular show but this this episode just uh, has that great ethical question of now you've got uh, of a clone now you've got a clone it's sentient and um, in order for the original trip to survive, uh, this you know clone has to give up its life essentially for the original uh, trip to survive. So great one, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I know you love the ethics uh, <laughs> episodes for sure, uh, yeah. but, and and there and honestly, if you think about it, many Star Trek episodes mm -hmm. are ethical in nature, right? I mean, that's kind of one of the things that makes Star Trek so great. I would I would have to say, Chris, we we should probably file this particular episode you just mentioned away in the books oh. for a future deep dive. Yes, um, and I say that because we like to dive deep on these types of things, mm -hmm. but also um, this is not exactly the first time this idea has been done before. We've seen similarities in this different different types of episodes, but some similarities like where you have uh, Thomas Riker. And and um, oh. Commander Riker, right? That that transporter split. The difference is, I mean, they're not. It, it's kind of a clone, but there there's no ethical d decision here of one should live, one should die. They kind of both go their separate ways, and then we see Riker reappear in DS9, or Thomas Riker. Uh, but we also get this with Tuvix, yeah, in Voyager, Tuvix, right? Now yeah. this is again a little bit different, though. Yeah. They're, they're two characters coming together in a transporter malfunction, I believe, is what it was, right? Yeah, and makes this whole new you know, character, whole new sentient being, but this kind of similar story idea of, of, of a clone and, you know, what do you do? And, um, this was a good episode. I'm glad you brought this one up. This was good. Yeah. Uh, this definitely goes back to the moral dilemma of if humans were ever cloned, do you remember the movie Schwarzenegger did a long time ago, uh, called the uh, sixth yeah. day, sixth day. So yeah. human cloning was still not, that was a no, a, 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 um, that was no bueno. Yeah, no bueno. Back in yeah. The day, right? Yeah. But in that movie, they had this thing called Repet, where if so, your your pet died, you could go down and have it cloned and bring it back home. And little Billy or little Susie would never know the difference because it'd be the same exact animal. And um, they also did cloning of other stuff, but they didn't they weren't supposed to clone humans, even though it was going on. So there, that ethical dilemma of cloning. You also have the hilarious mm -hmm. take on cloning of multiplicity with Michael J. Or not yeah, J. Michael Keaton. Well, Michael yeah, Keaton. Yeah, yeah. Yep, one of my absolute favorite comedies. It's an absolutely hysterical movie. Uh, but this goes kind of into that, into that uh, realm. Very excellent, good episode. Excellent, excellent. Yeah. Um, there were so uh, other episodes that come to my mind, um, and this is a, it's a little fuzzy on the brain, but one, one is, the, the crew of the Enterprise, they're using a subspace corridor that the Zindi have and then they encounter kind of mirrors of themselves or descendants like descendants of themselves far into the future 
so they were they were kind of stuck in this this uh you know situation um and they kind of they aged and um they found descendants of themselves which was cool because you had this other version of uh to paul um and then you got this kind of insight into this relationship with to paul and trip at least on that other version of them so that that was a really good one that i enjoyed yeah you yeah. know what the name of that episode was e squared e squared okay that, that makes e two <laughs> e two yeah yeah e two <laughs> that was that was an interesting episode yeah i i think anytime you see these time paradoxes and stuff those are always classic trek episodes yeah they they totally are they totally are i i mean what, that what, yeah no oh, sorry go ahead no no it just made me think of this uh other time paradox episode uh from star trek next generation where it was captain picard like seeing this other version of himself like in yeah our, in season two season. right yeah i, yeah, I yeah. actually just watched that not that long ago yeah it's a great episode oh cool great episode yes um yeah, I so I, I want to say, Chris, that one thing Enterprise had going for it back in the day was that it had all four legacy Star Trek series ahead of it mm-hmm. to be able to use as templates, right? Yeah. To be able to say, okay, yeah, they, they've done these concepts and idea episodes, right? They've done the time travel episodes. They've done the mirror universe episodes. They've done these uh, these episodes where they're seeing alternate versions of themselves or future versions of themselves and they can take those concepts twist them make them their own or even just straight up copy them if they really wanted to and make episodes out of them so i think that having that kind of that that um that template already set out in front of them really i think is both a good thing and a bad thing a good thing that like hey we have some ideas here we could use in our own timeline now in this part of the timeline for enterprise but it's also a bad thing because it's like, well, if we do that too often, then it looks like we're just rehashing old episodes and remaking them into Enterprise episodes. And now it looks like the writers have no idea what they're doing. So I think there's a there's a good balance here in Enterprise where you're you're taking concepts and ideas that Star Trek's done before, but making it your own. And then you're taking new stuff and bringing it all together. Yeah, you bring up a really good point, um, actually, because there's always throughout, throughout the Star Trek legacy shows can be sure that there's um something to do with time right you always get yep. this this time paradox um and it's kind of always world war ii seems to get like mixed up in everything too <laughs> but there's like there's like world war ii stuff in the original trek um remember there's world war ii stuff in voyager um trying to remember if there was world war ii things in in tng i don't, I don't have something oh. that's come right to yeah but well there's definitely yeah. old west stuff across the board right i mean tng <laughs> yeah. had tng had a fistful of datas yeah uh, toss had that crazy shit at the okay corral thing um yeah. voyager has some has some uh i think had some well, old west type of stuff ish i don't remember specifically but yeah there's there's some definite things there and i think there's even an episode here of enterprise where in one of the seasons where they come across some planet that humans settled, but it's trapped in the old West time or something like that. I don't remember the exact specifics of it, which is a common theme for us. <laughs> uh, we don't remember. We forget. Remember we're, we're, we're members of Rigel seven, Chris. <laughs> ah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Among the Lotus eaters. Among the Lotus eaters. That's right. Yeah, our, our remembering. Yeah. Well, we, we live in, we live in the present. Yeah, something like that. 
Uh, yeah, but but because season three has a, a a shift focus back to the Zindi and stopping the another Zindi weapon from attacking Earth, you have a lot of Zindi episodes, right? a lot of Zindi focus episodes. So I remember one particular one called the Council, where we actually get to meet the Zindi and we note five different five. Zindi races or species that are alive. Your passion, your passion about. You're passionate I, about the quantity of Zindi species. I know this. Yeah, well, well, yeah. I know. I'm also passionate about the types of species that are alive and the one there's a sixth one that went extinct and how <laughs> many were there and what ones are not. And I'll go back to that trivia question, Chris. Curses, yeah. I tell you what. <laughs> I'm not going to get into it. I've done enough soapbox about it. That's okay. That's all right. But yeah, it's a good episode. So we get to see the different reptilian and the primates and, you know, all these different things. And we see the variety species amongst Zindi, which makes them incredibly unique, right? To have an alien race that's not just this one type, you have all these different versions is pretty interesting. Yeah, very, very unique because uh, I don't think there were a lot of Star Trek episodes uh, well, in the other series such as that, right? If they encounter a planet, usually there's a few, but usually like there's one dominant sentient species like on the planet there have been some episodes where there you know there's been a couple different sentient species on the on the, on the planet. but not, they're not always related though either right right, right. Zindi, these are all part of the zindi you know species and they're like subspecies of zindi so i find that i find that very interesting um the way they did that and and they all looked mm -hmm. because the aquatics i mean the aquatics are vastly different from the the primate ones and they're vastly different vastly different from the reptilians i mean it's a it's a very uh very interesting uh approach to a new alien species especially a recurring quote-unquote villain yeah right that you, that you find throughout a star trek series yeah it's um, a good idea that they yeah yeah absolutely uh you had an episode called azadi prime this is where archer is gonna like kamikaze a shuttle to help destroy the zindi weapon Mm. Um, you find that this idea of the captain trying to make the ultimate sacrifice to save not only his crew, but his home world as well. Um, given the history they have with the Zindi and their attempt to, you know, severely damage earth, if not try to destroy it. Um, then you also have an episode called the Zindi. Uh, and I believe Chris in this, ep is this the episode where the, where the enterprise first enters the Delphi, the Delphonic, how do you say it? Delphonic, Delphonic expense expanse. Cause that becomes a major player in the show too, moving forward. I think it is. And isn't it that, um, Delphonic? that I don't, I don't know how to say it, but Del yeah. Delphonic, Delphonic. Um, wasn't that expanse the one that the Vulcan ship went into and the Vulcans, when they went into, um, they went crazy. I think if I'm thinking about the, the the right thing, uh, no, that was a different one, I believe. Okay, that was the one where I think the crew had to be. That was the one. Was that one called the catwalk where they all had to be huddled in the catwalk to be shielded from the effects of the of the uh, radiation or something outside, and they were in it for a while. And Maybe. yeah, I think that might have been the episode. I think that was season one because I remember watching that episode not that long ago. I think it was season one. Um, but the expand. This Delphonic Expanse is the one. Are this is this the one where there's like different spheres in the Expanse and they're trying to map out? I think so. Yeah, that was yeah, that I was kind so. of cool how they. It is fuzzy, but it's kind of cool these spheres that they were trying to understand. Um, yeah. Get 
I guess, get control or get kind of understanding of them so that they could find uh, find the Zindi homeworld. Yeah, I think so. That. Yeah, yeah, but there, there's another episode too that I I found fascinating. Um, an episode called Stratagem. Mm-hmm. This is where Archer comes face to face with the guy who designed the Zindi super weapon, Degra, and tries to get him to reveal its location. This is also where I believe Archer is dressed up as an alien, you know, uh, as a Zindi, I believe. Um, mm. I'm curious on on your thoughts on this, Chris, because think about this. Okay, so. You have this episode where Archer is trying – it comes face-to-face with a guy that creates a weapon that you know does such significant damage during its attack on Earth. You wonder, too, if you had that same situation here on Earth, with, whether it was with you know a civilian at Hiroshima and Nagasaki who comes face-to-face with Oppenheimer mm-hmm. inventing the, inventing the, uh, the atomic bomb – or whether you have, uh, you know, um, name anybody in history, any 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 villain in history that does something, you know, some atrocity, and you have somebody coming face to face with them, right? How that would play out, and what if you were in those shoes and you met that person that caused such significant damage and despair, and what would you say, right? What would you do? Um, kind of a a, a scenario to think through, right? Kind of a what if scenario, and I think that's kind of what we find here in the episode Stratagem. Yeah, it is because when they when Archer meets Degra, I mean, yeah, they've got different. Of course, they've got different perspectives and, and points of view, but another aspect of it is, you know, Archer and, and Degra. There's more maybe in common that they have with each other than there are are our differences right you, it, and it's yeah. just it's just this this craziness right so you they there's this there's this horrific you know tragic loss of of life from the weapon that degra like develops but but when archer and degra like meet you're just like wow they're just two beings like two two people um they both they both have family there's probably more in common than they have that that is not um, than differences, um, and just the the circumstance and and the situation is just outrageous and outlandish and, and and crazy, and the people making decisions are, you know, maybe far far removed from them. But I, I really like that because you, when you have the intimacy of these people just going, just seeing them and like interact together is like wow, they're just two people, like two beings. And it's all this craziness of the circumstance just has created this this huge like tragedy and, and loss of loss of life. So that is a really good. Uh, I'm glad you brought that episode um, into discussion because I mean I think that's that's important. Yeah, it was one of my favorite from season three, mm-hmm. um, just because like Star Trek and what makes it good are these ideas, these thoughts of hey, what would I do in that person's shoes, right? What would I how would I react? What would my response be? How would I take that? That that type of thing. So so this to me is one of those episodes, right? Where yeah. you're Archer and you meet the guy or the person who has created such a massive weapon that has caused significant amount of, of loss of life. What would you do? What would you do if you met 
Oppenheimer and you were a, a you know a mother or a father and your child was killed from radiation at Hiroshima and Nagasaki or one of those places right it just it's that 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 idea that moral dilemma right if you could meet that person what would you do what would you say um so good episode i thought yeah yeah um is, are there any other episodes you can think of from season 3 that stood out to you um season 3 i'm you know i'm trying to go back in my memory banks and I don't have one that's standing out to me. <laughs> I mean, right there, there the were a lot of yeah. good episodes, though, right? I mean, this is we talked about this just a little while ago. Season three was very Zindi centric, mm -hmm. yeah. right? This build up, right? This build up to a, attempt to find the Zindi homeworld, attempt to find this this the creator in this case, um, the attempt to stop another Zindi attack from happening, the idea of serializing the season a little bit and having more of a, of, of a running uh, uh, season of, worth yeah. of episodes versus, you know, specific individual ones I thought was great. Um, but if we look at season three and then into season four, the fourth season is where we then get more fidelity and we, we, we bring, the temporal cold war to a close. I mean, obviously season four, it, there's so much in it because it's the last season of enterprise and they had to wrap everything up once it was officially canceled. But you have this idea of going back and, and flushing out the rest of the temporal cold war story arc, um, which as you, as we know, Chris, that started all the way back in the pilot episode in broken bow. Yeah. Um, we have several episodes in season four that focus on the idea of uh, cultural changes within uh, the Vulcan culture. Um, we get the beginnings of establishing conflict between the humans or Earth and the Romulans, which had this show gone on, I think there's a lot of people that believe, and I'm very much one of them, that if we had gotten a fifth season of Enterprise or more, we definitely would have seen the Romulan Earth Wars, which were mentioned initially in Toss, right? Yeah. They were a huge deal. And prior to the is it the is it the Enterprise incident? Is that the one where the Romulans show up and then Kirk sees Kirk and the Romulans see each other, see their faces for the first time? I I want to say I don't remember if it was the Enterprise uh, incident. I don't think that was the I don't think that was the name of it. Um, but I know which one you're we're Yeah, maybe it wasn't that. Um if you're yeah. a Toss fan, correct me. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, I, pr I probably am. But there is an episode, right, where for the first time uh, uh, a human yeah. and a Romulan see each other's faces, and that's where Spock you, they see they see the Romulan and look at Spock and they're like, uh there's some there's some similarities here. And that's where I think Spock, I believe, reveals that Romulans and Vulcans are distant or cousins or whatever um yeah. that they are related yeah that and that which was, was unknown episode. at that time obviously yeah 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 um so we get that uh the differences in appearance between toss and next gen klingons that is explored <laughs> a little bit more we get the mirror universe crossover which i know we both are big fans of in the mirror darkly part one and two from from enterprise or great mirror universe episodes and then just continually seeing more of the obstacles that humanity has to overcome uh, before the Federation is found. And then, of course, you know, we have the whole final episode of Enterprise, which we'll talk about in just a bit. Uh, and then, of course, the whole 
going through the whole thing of Tripp and, and to Paul having a baby. Yeah. Um, which is a, which was interesting because, you know, in, in this show, at this point in time, humans and Vulcans had never procreated. So that they, there was belief that humans and Vulcans were unable to procreate. Yeah, that it would be impossible. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of it was Vulcans going, Yeah, they're 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 too primitive <laughs> for us. They couldn't possibly, you know, whatever. But so that being said, Chris, season four is packed. Season four is arguably the best season of Enterprise. I think you could make many arguments for that. And I I, I have a, I have a hard time arguing against that. So what do you think? What what stands out to you in season four? What episodes really, you know, resonated with you? You know, for some reason, always the World War II episodes like stand out to me when they're there. So, <laughs> well, so, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. a good reason. Yeah. yeah. So I know that their Archer is stuck like in, in the past, right? So that we've got Stormfront um, parts one and two, and that, which were pretty cool. I think it was in New York. I think he was stuck in the past in New York, and you got to see some of that. So um, I really liked, I really liked that. And those are, those are great. I did like the ones where we've got Brent Spiner coming in and returning as, as Dr. Soong. Um, so those were great to see because, so those were the augments. Um, and it was great to see that because it's a connection, a little bit of a connection with, uh, you know, Khan, right? Because you've aug right. Aug augmented humans and you kind of see this um, and you get more, a little bit more history uh of of you know that kind of that violent um past that that earth has um yeah so i liked i liked that he came back and, and got to do that um i think in some of those episodes if if i remember to either cold station or the augments it to my memory like um captain archer has to do an escape at the end and i think he escapes the station um is blasted out in the space and then he's he's rescued uh, by the enterprise when he does that i'd have to go back and, and take that um, um take a look at that but but that would be good to see this fourth season of enterprise i think is where we correct me if i'm wrong i think this is where we are introduced to the anar um oh the enar yeah enar yeah which is hugely important yes. right yeah yes very important, um, especially for our friend Bruce Horak. Yeah, who was exactly. Hemmer, right? The Enar introduced here. Um, I I do not believe the Enar ever introduced in any Star Trek series prior to this, mm -hmm. uh, because all we know from other previous Legacy Treks is that there are Andorians. That's it. We don't know the subspecies of Andorians, uh, and part of it, I think, it makes sense uh, up to this point because the Enar uh, are blind um and they they live up in the mountain mountainous areas on andoria um they are peaceful right they they don't believe in in the fighting and i and i also believe that the regular uh from my memory chris and correct me if i'm wrong the regular andorians kind of look down upon them right almost yeah. like they're they're yeah. they're inferior to them right yeah they do so which is kind of a neat, a neat kind of a, a piece of history or in cultural information that that you can kind of understand from from the andorians you know so um i thought that was great that was great yeah. that they do that yeah yeah 
yeah how about any other episodes that's well in the mirror darkly does it, I, I know you love that episode as well right yeah great 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 two-part episode there for sure yeah yeah we, yeah. Get, we get we get empress the empress hoshi sato and the I reveal was at the end right you didn't yeah the reveal of the uh, end of part one i think yeah. right yeah yeah i i specifically remember about in the mirror darkly uh i remember there was a, there was a convention i was at and um Linda Park was there and she was talking about how much she loved the chance to play this empress character because now she got to be kind of in charge and got to be the boss and um she really liked playing that mirror version of herself and I could I could see why right. it's very 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 different character from the normal Ensign Hoshi that we see in the show yeah yeah like the opposite almost. yeah yeah 100 one complete 180 which is tip, very typical of the mirror universe characters, right? I mean, mm -hmm. th there are very few mirror universe characters that I can think of across the Star Trek franchise where the character is so very similar to the one in the in the quote unquote prime universe, right? Smiley O'Brien's mirror universe character is pretty similar to himself in the in in uh, the prime universe. Um, Benjamin Sisko's character is definitely different, but there are some similarities there. Yeah, uh, for sure. Um, I would say in in the mirror darkly, Trip's character has some some definitely has some similarities to his normal character, albeit he's got you know a jacked up eye or lack thereof an eye uh, in certain things. But in certain regards, you see some of the the Trip in the mirror version uh, of himself. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely like those. Uh, but for me, I would say. Uh, Borderland was an interesting one. This is where we get to dive deep more into the Orion Syndicate with oh. the Orions and the Orion Slave Girls because, I mean, that's a Star Trek thing. So, yeah, whether you like it or not, green, green, green painted women wearing very little clothing is uh, was goes all the way back to Toss, right? That's that, that yeah. started in Toss, yeah. And uh, interesting how Archer then goes into this criminal underworld to find a criminal to help prevent war with the Klingons. I mean, that's talk about irony, right? At its finest. Yeah. Um, that's definitely different, but yeah, the episode called the Enar, I thought was wonderful episode. Um, it highlighted something we had never seen in star Trek before. Uh, and of course it spawns that subspecies, which we then get to see again in strange new worlds. And as far as we're aware, I think Hammer becomes the first Enar to serve in Starfleet. In fact, I think I'm trying to remember. Right, yeah. I'm trying to remember if they even if they specifically said that or not. Like he was the first one. I don't remember if it's said in the episode or not. But there is an episode right. that I loved called Daedalus, and this episode is where we get to meet the inventor Earth Earth's inventor because other species have a transporter, but Earth's inventor of the transporter. Uh, guy, uh, the character's name is Emery Erickson, but he's played by the famous actor Bill Cobbs, who's a who who was I don't know if he's still alive or not, but who was a wonderful actor and a very heart string tugging episode because he loses his son in a transporter accident. I believe his son was, I want to say, one of the first few to use a transporter, um, humans, and. There was some accident and his pattern never rematerialized and he's been searching forever trying to find to capture that. It almost looks like a ghost. It's kind of a little bit of an eerie episode. In fact, you might we could even say this episode could be used for a Halloween special. It could right? be there's a, little, there's yeah. a little bit of a creepy, you know, uh, 
spookiness to it. Um, but it's it, it's really really hard, especially if you're a parent, right, to watch this episode because at the end when uh, he kind of eventually gives up and and is is so regretful and so sorry and even apologizing, you know, to his son who he can't bring back uh for what happened and so yeah. that's that's but it's a good episode it really is a great episode um i'm glad you brought that one in if it was very sad i i want to say that he was the mentor of someone on on the ship either trip um really looked was up it, to, was it archer might have been archer yeah that really looked yeah up to him. that's what i thought i thought it was archer maybe maybe, maybe it was trip i'd have to go back yeah. and look yeah but that dynamic was really sad right because it was it was the mentor and and um and so emery the, the character emery erickson was you know being very <clears throat> i guess elusive or um mm-hmm. you know not meeting what either archer or trip like like thought but but right. then you find you find out why right you find he's yeah. trying to he's trying to get his son back um yeah and you don't know yeah you don't know why he's necessarily there and stuff and i mean you think about it right here's this guy who creates this device that if it were in today's world would change the fabric of life think about that right there's no more i mean think about for you and all your travel chris there is no more of these long flights and just you're just exhausted you hop on a transporter pad you beam over to another country do your work yeah. Come home for the day, sleep in yeah. your own bed, get up the next day, transfer. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you can you can live anywhere in the world. You can work anywhere in the world. You can go to lunch or dinner anywhere in the world. You don't. You know, obviously there. We know from Star Trek across the different the different series that there have been transporter accidents. And as we get into TNG and DS9 and Voyager, they're very few and far between. Yeah because of all the different technology and the backup systems and everything they have in place to prevent those things from happening, but not here. The transporter is still very, very new. And I, I want to say, was it in the pilot episode where, where uh, Malcolm Reed from our, our, our good friend, Dominic Keating says something to the effect of, Oh yeah, that's the transporter is only used for fruits and vegetables or whatever, you know, yeah, like yeah. Basically stating that humans, they don't trust it yet. It's still such a new technology. And I think if that were a new technology here on earth today, I think we'd have kind of the same reaction. Like, I ain't going in that. Like, I don't want my molecules pulled apart and scrambled and throw thrown back together in another location. And I mean, think about it. imagine if you as a family got the transporter to go to Disneyland and then you rematerialize, but one of your kids didn't. I mean, think you know what I mean? Like those yeah. are, or 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 what happens when you when you rematerialize? Is it really you or is it a copy of you, which goes back to the movie The Prestige, which we've talked about before, right? Yeah. With the whole magic act of whether or not it's you're going to be the real one that appears or it's a copy of you and the other version of you dies. And so there's a very big ethical dilemma to this idea of the transporter. And Emery Erickson is dealing with that and the loss of his son. Yeah. Yeah, that's fascinating that you brought all of those, those up because those are all – uh, like valid questions when it comes to the transporter definitely yeah i mean definitely you know moving cargo moving fruits and veggies things like that but you know well we have trillions of atoms and they're all moving and to transport you and then put you back together in exactly the same order and moving i mean yeah it's you know it's crazy it's crazy <laughs> to think about how that could actually work but then again some of the technology we have today it's like how would that technology have worked you know so many odd years ago, right? I mean, the technology we have today, a hundred years ago, people could never have even fathomed it. Yeah. So 
what's to say that's not the case, right? But besides Daedalus, I'd say there's one more episode that kind of stands out to me, and that is the episode Terra Prime. Uh-huh. And Terra, yeah, Terra Prime was a very interesting episode because in this episode, uh, you get this sense that not everything is is you know all hunky dory at this period of time right when it comes to humans and alien species and so forth because here's where we see humans an early look at humans really struggling with other alien life so terra prime in this episode is an extremist terrorist organization that's incredibly xenophobic and they really want earth and the solar system just for humans and we've mm-hmm. seen this across mm-hmm. other sci-fi shows before right um we've seen this in we saw this in uh well sort of in total recall but we see this in um, babylon 5 we've seen this in star trek we've seen this in so many different sci-fi series this idea of xenophobia and this this episode brings this idea of a terrorist organization that's hell bent on you know the solar system and earth only for humans we see a organization called the circle in Deep space nine which is a uh a bajor for bajorans only oh, kind of yeah. thing yeah yeah that's a that's a great little uh like three-part series you know mini series of episodes at the beginning of season two i think it is of, of ds9 you see that across many different series there's there's a one of my absolute favorite episodes of TNG, probably my favorite episode of TNG, actually, an episode called Clues. I think we talked about this before. Yeah, yeah. Where they the crew wakes up and they've forgotten what happened, and they they find out they've been out for a whole day, and they only thought they were out for a matter of seconds, and it all ties back to this incredibly super xenophobic alien race that doesn't want anybody to know what their home world is. Yeah. So we see this across Star Trek pretty frequently and science fiction period. And so this is another example of that. In this case, humans not wanting anything to do, or this group of humans, this group of terrorists, doesn't want anything to do with alien life. Yet the majority of humans are all about exploration and, you know, new life and everything. So very interesting episode there. It was a good episode that they had in this um, this season. Absolutely. Because it's very like, it's on the nose of like how uh, humanity can be sometimes. Right. So, so um, it can be very um, isolationist and and closed, closed off where, where yes, you don't, you only want to be around uh, your own kind and um, you're ignorant about all of, all the other species and beings that also coexist in the universe. Um, So, yeah. 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 Now I didn't put down this episode because I don't remember the specific mm-hmm. episode that it that it shows up in, but we also get Lieutenant Malcolm Reed, who is enlisted to help Section Thirty One. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which also appears in Enterprise. I did not write that down in my notes. I don't remember which specific episode that starts. If it's in season two, three, four, whichever. Um, but that's also plays into it, and I believe there's some Section Thirty One stuff with him in season four. I want to say. Uh, but you, you begin to see that. Right. And I think if this, if these events were here in, in our, in, 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 the, in reality, um, you would have also humans who probably were xenophobic as well. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. I just, I would be shocked where 
everybody's so excited. Oh, these aliens, Vulcans show up on Earth and first contact and everything. And but there's going to be people who are like, yeah, whoa, 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 time out. I've seen ET. You know, I've <laughs> yeah. seen all these. I've seen Independence Day. I know this. You know, this is this. This can't go well for us. It always ends up in humans dying. So, you know, I could totally see something like this being the case. Maybe not necessarily terrorists, but a group of people who are anti-alien. Yeah, totally. We got to address the the elephant in the room here because in season four, the finale of Enterprise, yeah, is called "These Are the Voyages," and I'll let you. Take with take and run with this, Chris. I want to hear your thoughts because you know when you finished watching Enterprise uh, again um, and watch it from beginning to end, we didn't really talk a lot about the final episode. I think we had talked about oh we'll save and we talk about Enterprise and we we're finally getting to it. So there is a lot of controversy about this episode. There's a lot of very passionate thoughts and um, a lot of emotions tied to this episode so take us through your thoughts as as this show wraps up and we 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 have mm-hmm. um talked a lot of amazing things about this series we both i know we both are big fans of enterprise what did you think about the way they ended it well this is the one where this final episode is the one where trip perishes right if i have my memory Correct. Unless you right. read the extended universe <laughs> Star Trek canon, he we know he doesn't actually die, but yeah. but yes, yes, in, in, this is the one where yeah, Trip dies. Yeah, yeah. spoiler. <laughs> yeah, 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 spoiler for Enterprise. Um, but yeah, that yeah, that death was just so so abrupt and felt like yeah. felt very nonsensical to me. It felt it felt like when Tasha Yar died, but but at the point when Tasha Yar died, right, that was season one, and so. By no. by now, trip like we were so invested in trip. Plus, you how about a- when when Jadzia yeah. dies at the end of season six of yeah. DS Nine? Yeah, just completely like- pointless the way the, the fact she had to die. I mean, yeah, outside of the show, we know why. But I mean, in this case, why, why, why? Yeah, why very similar. Trip? Yeah, why, why? And and so we're invested. You know, he um, he had the he has the relationship with Tapal. They, uh, you know, they have the da- they have the daughter. And and so now, and then he's gone. I mean, I, I think there was he didn't have to die. There were so many other ways they they could have done it. I I, I mean they they had this. You know they're trying to mix in some good ideas in there where 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 the Federation is starting and Archer's coming back and he's going to give this you know this very great dynamic speech to um, the people that were waiting for that were waiting for him. So that idea like is great. That is nice, but then but still the things that that happened and and trip dying and then bringing back in um Riker and Deanna um as part of the Enterprise crew yeah, just I guess what you know watching this watching them as a simulation yeah just like you're at a loss we, for words. <laughs> no, I, I am at a loss for words. I mean, we weren't you and I weren't, we were, we weren't part of the creation of, of the show. Um, so, whatever pressures that they were under to kind of bring the TNG back back into it and kind of mix 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 Riker and Deanna just felt um, bizarre and yeah, felt and, awkward and out of place. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely out of out of place. Um. 
it's almost better if you know that episode didn't even like exist you could have just you know it could have just take away that episode completely and just have ended it with i don't know a, nor a normal standalone episode you know people would we would still be upset that it only had four seasons but then you don't have this last episode that just felt like it tried to erase everything that that came before right so you just you feel you know in star wars where <laughs> where luke luke skywalker is training um and and he has the vision where oh um leia and and han are in trouble and he wants to go save them and mm -hmm. and yoda says no you know don't go don't go save them because you're gonna erase like all they have worked for all of their suffering will have been for nothing to make an analogy they tried to do this with with enterprise and then go go wait, in and wait though chris you you yeah. just said the yoda quote but you didn't do your yoda voice while you said it no i did not do the yoda voice. <laughs> his yoda voice is very good by the way oh goodness yeah i would have to have my video off no no <laughs> if you're gonna do it you gotta go all in chris anyways yeah so yeah yeah i felt like feel bad for them that, that they had to go through that you know last episode like that yeah it's it's um i would say it's definitely a a stain on the show mm -hmm. and uh it's very interesting so if you haven't watched it yet shuttle pod show actually did an interview with rick berman by the way he doesn't doesn't really do much of interviews anymore as far as i know or talk much about star trek on stuff they got him to come on this is a very much earlier on episode they did um, earlier on in their show. I highly recommend you go watch. I believe it's there's two parts to it. Highly, highly, highly recommend you go watch it. So, so Connor and Dominic interview Rick Berman. I think they're at his <laughs> house too. Wow. And he got he talked about why things happened the way it did, and he he takes full full responsibility for why they did it the way they did it. It was his idea to do it the way they, the way it was done, apparently. And I don't want to give too much away, but 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 long story short, because I want you to go watch the episode or, or listen to the episode. I, it's very, very good. A lot of insight from the man who was given the keys to the Star Trek franchise when when Gene Roddenberry passed away. But and you know, he also brought us things like DS9 and Voyager and things like that, Enterprise. But they had, you know, a little insight into it. Basically, they said they had so much stuff they wanted to do with the show. They want they 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 felt like they really wanted to eventually show that moment those moment or moments leading up to and at the moment when the federation is founded and this that and the other and because it got canceled they had to wrap everything up really quickly and this is what he felt like was the best way to do it and so forth so go watch it i probably didn't do it any justice as to how he explains it but it's a it's worth a watch or listen to if you really want to hear from from his mouth directly like kind of what happened and why it why it went the way it did with enterprise's finale I think most of us would agree, and I, I you probably would agree with me as well, Chris. This this was absolutely the worst way to end a show. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Definitely the worst finale of any show of Star Trek. Um, I could argue DS9's was worse, but only because emotionally it takes a toll on me every time I watch it. Yeah, and watch the show's finale, but um, not because it was a terrible episode. But but yeah, this was just it was just it was it was awful and. I, you know, I, I think there was an interview that Jonathan Frakes did one time, and they'd asked him about how he felt doing that, and it was just kind of like a 
it was it was going to do another job kind of thing but i, I don't remember if he mentioned about if whether he felt awkward or out of place doing it and you know they're bringing him in to do this show and yeah i mean could you imagine though if you were on the enterprise crew and this is the way they were ending your show i mean i i we have uh 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 Connor and Dominic on with us. Uh, there's part of me that kind of wants to ask this, but I don't necessarily want to not to say, oh, you know, pour salt into an old wound because maybe it is, but I'll, I'll have to talk to them offline and see if that's something they're willing to discuss because, and I, I think they've discussed it before. In fact, I, I know they have. So it's not like it's anything new, but I don't remember specifically what they've said about their, their feelings on it. I'd have to go back, I guess, and watch an interview or something, but yeah, yeah very, just not the way you would have wanted them to end it by any means whatsoever. The idea where they bring into the TNG cast to try and put a pretty bow on it, but it turned out not to be a pretty bow. <laughs> yeah. Did not. It, it didn't. So uh, yeah, the show didn't end on a high note and on a pretty low note, actually. Um, I, I understand what they were trying to do with that final episode, but the, the execution of it was very, very poor. Yeah. Nothing against the actors, you know, was it wasn't Marina Sirtis and Jonathan Frakes's, you know, fault. They they were brought in to do to to do a job. They were making money. You know, as an actor, you're making money. But yeah, terrible, terrible way. Um, but as as we wrap up Enterprise, Chris, and our look at this series, what was your do you know? I don't know if you mentioned this before, but but did you have a favorite character from from Enterprise? Uh I think um, my f my favorite character would be Archer. Yeah. Okay. I think it would be Archer. I mean, I really like Trip. Really like um, to Paul. Really like Malcolm. Locks. Like all of all of the characters. Um, Hoshi. Yeah. But Ar I guess the reason why uh, Archer is uh, because he's put into those those circumstances. And those situations where, um, you know, he's he's he doesn't have all of the institutional experience like the the Federation had, and he's just he's having to make decisions just based off his character and what he feels is right. And I love I love seeing that and how it turns out and um, how the consequences happen. Um, and he's a very very relatable such a relatable person right he's someone he came he likes sports he has his dog he likes water polo um he's friendly he's he's just got this passion for exploration and wanting to prove like he, humanity's uh ready so i just i feel he's very very relator relatable you know more relatable uh than picard for sure who um is incredible to me um or or Kirk, I mean, Kirk, Kirk's just like this iconic <laughs> being of ambition and like intelligence, yeah. right? But you've just, yeah. you've got Archer just like a, he's got this incredible acumen, but but he's just so like relatable, so so friendly. How do you not like right. like Archer or want to follow him or, or want to, uh, you know, how do you not trust him? He's just right. that kind of person. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, 100% agree. Yeah. yeah. And you, your favorite character? Yeah, mine's Trip. Yeah, yeah. I, I I was a big fan of Trip. I think he's an incredible engineer. Uh, he's someone who who could step up when needed into a leadership role. 
I, yeah, he, he feels very relatable down to earth. Um, just that kind of like, you know, good old country boy. Um, yeah, I just, uh, there, there's many things about trip to like, I, I, I really think, I think he's, uh, he, he, I like his leadership style because he's very, he cares quite a bit for his crewmates and his friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the, the friendship that develops between him and, and Malcolm Reed. Um, yeah. I think that's a wonderful friendship, wonderful friendship in the Star Trek universe uh that that really develops over the seasons and uh becomes pretty pretty good really good actually uh, by the time the show wraps up um so i like that okay amongst because we've now reviewed mm-hmm. and talked about the five legacy star trek shows right tossed through enterprise just with legacy shows none of the new stuff not discovery not the jj movies um <laughs> not strange new worlds or prodigy or any of that stuff just legacy trek where in the order of legacy trek does star trek enterprise fall for you i know tng is number one for you mm-hmm. so where where in those five series would you would you put enterprise for you and then that's part one part two is give your com badge rating one to five com badges of enterprise oh wow yeah you as know a what series yeah as a as a series um Gosh, I hadn't thought about the the where does it place on the on the scale from all of the other series again. So this is spot, Chris. This is on the this is on the spot. So yeah, so TNG would be number one. I'm gonna say it's either there's 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 no wrong answer here. I promise. I'm not gonna try to dissuade you one way or the other. Yeah. So it's either gonna be number two or number three. And I'm trying to figure out if it comes in two or three because because it's um TNG is number one and then so top top three is TNG DS9 and then Enterprise for me so I'm trying to figure out where does Enterprise fit on the the two or three right now yeah um yeah I might have it as number two right now but it might might mm. interesting yes mm, yes hmm. Yeah, so it's right. I'd say it's right up there, right in the okay. top three at least. It might yeah. flex with, with uh, DS Nine or or Enterprise in two and three, depending on you know which day of the week I'm in, which which one, <laughs> which one, which, one which day I'm in and why. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. So interesting. Okay. Yeah. So it's, all right, it's, I'll, it's, I'll, it's, we'll, we'll we'll go with that. If you're, if you're yeah. uh, what, what? Okay. So t- oh, yeah. today's, oh. today today is Saturday. What day of the week Saturday? Where's Enterprise on a Saturday? Oh, probably number two. Number two, okay. Saturday. Especially because we're talking about it. Okay, yeah, got yeah. it. Okay, so Enterprise is number two. How, what kind of ratings are you giving it? I was going to give it a... Uh, well, let's see. If I give it a... Th- this is great because depending on the rating, that should like correlate with like where it comes in the top five, right? So Well, let's not, don't so, worry about the top five. Just worry about yeah. how you're rating the show. I would say I'm not going to... I don't count the last episode. So I'm gonna take that last episode away because I don't I don't okay. think it's fair to keep in. So I'd say it's like a four point five out of five. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. You know. So yeah, as the rating. So I think. Yeah, I I don't think it's fair to have that last episode in for them. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. All mm. right. Well. Hmm. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Well, for me. Yes. I would say um, it's pretty pretty easy for me i i know the order of this for me it's 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 ds9 it's tng mm-hmm. and then it's enterprise 
yeah um in the in those three and then i would say like voyager and, and toss um and that's just because toss is number five on the legacy doesn't mean i don't like it yeah. it's just because of, you know yeah i mean i can't i can't put it number one obviously because that's yeah. the throne the throne yeah. upon which ds9 sits on uh albeit there's there's a there's another throne not too far behind it that has tng on it as well because for <laughs> for different reasons um although we do agree Picard is our captain. I mean, I grew up yeah. on Picard. He, he was my captain growing up. Um, there was a little bit of Kirk in there, but mostly it was it was Picard. I didn't. I said this before. I didn't. I didn't really watch a ton of DS Nine growing up. I watched some here and there, but because of the way it was designed, you know, you couldn't. It was harder to just pick up random episodes and watch them, um, like yeah. it would be TNG or, or Toss. Um, but Enterprise, uh, definitely for me, number three in the Legacy Trek. Um. I wish it had gotten more seasons. I think we all, yeah. we all do. We all think that, right? Um, you know, I think it's, it's crazy that, you know, Enterprise gets four and, and Discovery is going to get five, but that's besides the point. Um, although that'll be its final season, I guess, is season five. But um, all right. So for me, yeah. Rain, it's interesting you said four and a half because that's exactly what I have, what I would do. Oh, give. see, yeah. Great minds think alike. Now, here's Absolutely. why, though. Now, I gave it four. I, I would have given it five had it not been for two factors. Number one, the final episode. I have to. I have to knock it down for that mm -hmm. because it's just it's it's a terrible way to end the show. The other part that knocks it down the half. So these two factors. That, the reason why I got knocked down to half half a com badge is because it only got four seasons. Yeah. And I, I, there's always going to be the what if, right? Like, what would have happened if Enterprise had gotten another season or had gotten a full seven seasons like its its predecessors? Uh, you know, minus toss. There was so much that could have been done, and with seven seasons, you could have really slowly worked your way towards the founding of the Federation and done it properly. Obviously, yeah. um, there's so many wonderful things they could have worked in. Uh, they could have that that final episode or final episodes could have been the founding of the Federation, the signing of the charters, all that stuff There could have been, you know, Cap Captain Jonathan Archer visiting a high school that was named after him to give a speech to the inspire the students there. The NXO one enterprise being refitted with Doug Drexler's design. Mm -hmm. There's so many wonderful things that could have been done. The Romulan Earth Wars, uh, you know more spats with the Klingons. Uh, there, there's so many things. Um, there's so many treaties and charters and things that could have been flushed out during that, those last few seasons that were mentioned in toss as stuff that had been established prior to that. You could have had the establishment of the Romulan neutral zone. There's so many wonderful things. I yeah. mean, just the Romulan earth wars alone could have gone one to two seasons minimum. Yeah. Probably, I think one season wouldn't have been enough time. Probably had to have had two seasons. And if you think about, like, the episode of Strange New Worlds we both really liked, the one with with a lot of Doctor and Benga and Nurse Chapel with all the Klingon mm -hmm. war, and we spent a lot of time on that, right, and, and diving deep into that. So if you haven't seen it or listened to it, go listen to it or, or watch it because we dove really deep on that and talked about PTSD and war and all this type of stuff, and it, and it was a a, a an amazing time getting a chance to really dive deep into some of those, those really complex and sometimes dark issues and, and, and uh, emotions, but they could have done, I think some of that 
in Enterprise yeah. had it gone on longer, right? This idea of, especially because when it happened, right? So season four of Enterprise was what, like 2004, I think is when it ended. Yeah. So that would have been right after like, you know, the the the, the invasion of Iraq was going on. Uh, it would have been three years post 9-11 for those of us here in the States. Um, there was a bit a lot of things that they could have taken current events and things that were going on in the real world and dealt with those issues, dealt with those emotions, those feelings, those beliefs, and brought it into enterprise and used the Romulan Earth War as a catalyst to capture the things that were going on in the Middle East at the time. I mean, that would have been amazing. Um, so that's why I have to knock it down and get off that soapbox a little bit, yeah. knock it down to four and a half. I think to me, I, I, if they could have, if those things would have been different, it would have been a, a home run show. I mean, the, it, even still four and a half stars to me, it was still an, an incredible show with so many wonderful things. Yeah. There were some forgettable episodes. Sure. But every series has those. Uh, but this show was really fantastic. Um, yeah. And they, they brought in a lot of wonderful new stuff, whether it was, you know, more of the Andorians and earlier Vulcans, the, the, the Zindi, hmm. um, the Sulaban, the temporal cold war, which some argue the temporal cold war is a reason why new Trek is in this kind of like, you know, alternate unit, alternate timeline, like Doug had mentioned, which kind of makes sense. Actually, you could tie it back, back. So some of my thoughts, what about some final thoughts from you, Chris, on the, on the, on the series as a whole? Yeah, I thought they could have, um, the end, the Andorians and the Orions, those are two like prime kind of species that if we had more seasons, like we could have explored them even more and it would have been great, you know, would have been great, great, great to see. Um, but you know, we didn't get to see that. So yeah. we can only kind of imagine like how, how that would have gone. We could have also seen the Gorn. I have a feeling that if mm. Enterprise had kept going they would have brought in the Gorn. I mean, I know we get the Gorn in Strange New Worlds, but... Um, yeah, but that's in the future from Enterprise. Right, yeah, yeah. So, and in Strange New Worlds, there's already this establishment of the Gorn and yeah. this this um, bully, this menacing, you know, species that has been plaguing the Federation for a while. So that's, that's actually really awesome, Chris. I didn't even think yeah. about that. That would have been wonderful to see. Yeah, that would have been really, really cool. Like um, first yeah. contact with the Gorn. Yeah. Right? Because Kirk's first contact with the Gorn, I don't think the first time, well, we know now it's Strange New Worlds. It's not the first time, right? So first contact with right. the Gorn and like skirmishes and all that stuff, that could have been like a little mini story arc or even uh, carried over a couple of seasons. Yeah. I mean, we could have seen the first kind of actual starships, you know, real real starships, not the NX, not an NX version, but yeah. The real star starships start entering the fleet. Um, it would have been some really. There's a lot of really like interesting things they could have done. I mean, the the Federation. Yes, that's interesting. But also after the Federation is founded, like let's say you have the Federation founded in um in a certain series, or excuse me, in a certain um season. If you continued. Then you could have had the those initial ideas of hey what does a Starfleet Academy look like what does the beginnings of a Starfleet look like right and have yeah. at least those initial concepts and those initial ideas kind of explored um, in Enterprise I'm sure yeah. they they probably would have gone there and it would have been like fan you know would have been great to kind of 
flesh out would have been really cool. Especially if Manny Cotto had had stayed on as a showrunner moving mm-hmm. forward, right? We, we, we saw what we got in season four, which was just so packed full of some absolutely wonderful episodes. Obviously, the finale wasn't, but, you know, there was some great stuff in season four. I mean, I I have a hard time, besides the finale, I have a hard time naming a bad episode in season four. Yeah, yeah I don't, yeah, I would, I would not be able to uh, add, like, a, a bad episode. You know, I felt I felt um I wish the resolution with Tapal's and Trip's daughter was different. And yeah. you know, I don't I don't know if they had to because she and, passes away, right? The daughter yeah. passes away. Yeah. Daughter passes away, and I don't know if they knew that the season was canceled at that point, you know, when they kind of resolved that circumstance like that. Maybe maybe they did. I, I feel that um if it wasn't being canceled they could have done a much better a much better resolution to the daughter um, yeah 100 percent. yeah um 100 on that one i think that yeah that was a tragic between that and then trip dying supposedly mm-hmm. i mean imagine what to paul would have been going through holy cow talk about it a, 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 a yeah. character who's not supposed to have emotions yet we know vulcans have emotions they're just suppressed uh imagine trying to suppress your emotions with all that going on that just would have been insane but yeah, we do know sure. though we we are getting a start we're supposed to be getting a starfleet academy series right we know that was teased uh a while back so we'll see if that ever comes to fruition with obviously with the strike being over things can start kind of spinning back up and getting you know at mm-hmm. some point down the road we know we're getting a season three of strange new world so that's coming a lot on the horizon but this show uh was not long enough it's really, really good, and we can't wait to talk to to uh, uh, Connor and Dominic at some point in the near future here on the Random Redshirt Podcast to uh, have them share their careers with us and their time on Enterprise. Um, we'll do our best to come up with some really good questions that's not – maybe not ones they've ever been asked before, mm-hmm. um, yeah. especially especially when it comes to Star Trek because they, they've been to so many conventions. They've been asked every question 50,000 times over, so maybe we can come up with some creative questions that are uh, – they're different and unique that maybe they haven't heard before, which would be wonderful. Yeah, it'd be most excellent. Yeah. So, well, Chris, this wraps up not only our look at Enterprise, but also season five of our podcast. So uh, we're we're going to be moving into season six next. And I know we have some planning to do and some, some uh, mapping out of what season six looks like, but I do know we're going to have some incredible guests coming up in the near future. We cannot wait to announce that and share those with, uh, share those with you. Um, we look forward to having those folks on with us and sharing their careers and their lives. And just like we always do here on the Random Redshirt podcast, which is, um, you know, asking those questions and and learning more about our guests and and not just talking about whatever it is they're most well known for, but but really learning a lot about them. And uh, I know, Chris, every time we've had a guest on, we always walk away going, oh, that was really awesome. It yeah. was so much fun to learn about them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely is. Um, see what they're interested in. A lot of them like Shakespeare seems yeah so yeah so that's good i mean you know it's yeah. just not, not a bad thing to like right i mean there's a lot yeah. of a lot of good stuff out there um anyway so all right everybody well thank you so much as always for watching and listening all over the globe and the, the interwebs. interwebs yes right yeah so we we very much do appreciate that again be sure to go on to facebook and instagram and check us out there you can like and follow us uh we much appreciate that and it also it'll help you Stay in the know of our next announcements coming soon. 
uh, whether it's celebrity guest announcements, episode announcements, or something funny we want to share with you. Uh, that's the best way to keep in touch with us. Of course, you can also always email us, the random redshirt podcast at gmail.com. And we look forward to hearing from you soon. So thank you. If you have been watching or listening to us from the very beginning uh, in season one, all the way till season five. And uh, we hope to bring you more great content soon going into season six. With that being said, take care, everybody. And we'll catch you next time on season six of the Random Redshirt podcast coming soon.